Hello and welcome to Case Reopened, the number one Detective Canon Rewatch podcast. Probably because there isn't anybody dumb enough to watch like over 900 episodes of an anime. I'm your host, Tyler Trees, and I am joined as, by always, Justin. Uh, some of my friends usually call me Soju. Uh, just letting you know. I'm calling you Justin, for the record. That's okay. Uh, oh, we have the it. homie Kyle. Uh, it's me. I go do by get, Kyle. Yeah. Do, do you not have like a special request like Justin did? That like. No. I'm so no, Kai. I, that weird. I I just figured we were all part of the black organization, but hey, I guess it's not the only one. I don't think Soju's liquor is it? It, oh, is. it is. I actually was like, I need to find another alcohol that hasn't been used on the show. Let's go. Um. <laughs> so a margarita that's my code name i love i love margaritas um we're here to talk about detective conan and uh before we start i want to discuss our history with the franchise and how we first got introduced to it kyle uh how long have you known about detective conan that's a good question i feel like i've known about Detective Conan for quite a while. Um, I discovered it probably like most people my age whenever it was airing on Adult Swim as case closed. But um, the show got discontinued really quickly, so I didn't really see much of it. And so I am probably the greenest on this cast, uh, knowledge-wise, for this show. Uh, but it's probably the for the best that that happened because I feel like all the Americanized stuff in the case closed version is very weird. Uh, is but it? since then, it's been through cultural osmosis where most of my Detective Conan knowledge. And you comes might not from, be able so. to tell th- because this is an audio recording. But uh, Kyle is also our token Asian, so he's going to bring that that cultural. It's true. Ethnicity. I am Korean, so to, to validate us, yeah. diversity is so important. So we're going to fill. We'll get top-notch japanese perspective <laughs> and no one can say anything about exactly. how terrible we are and then uh <laughs> my case is much like yours kyle i started watching when uh, adult swim started airing it as case closed and then i started reading the manga because i just fell in love with it instantly and then it, it went off the air rather quickly but then funimation actually kept putting out dvds for a while like, it wasn't airing on TV, but you could buy, like, the first couple seasons. I think they dubbed, like, the first, like, 120 episodes or so. Um, and so I yeah. bought the DVD sets, and they put out, like, two movies, and I was enjoying that. But I just started reading the uh, the manga, and I, I probably bought the first, like, 40 volumes. Something ridiculous, a ridiculous number. But then I just, you know, I got fully caught up just reading online from the, the, the manga sites, because I'm the worst... But, uh, like, I'm totally caught up with the manga now. I never got too far in the anime. I probably got a couple hundred episodes in, which is a lot. But, like, when you're talking about the grand scale of Conan, not that much. And they're at, like, 900 Yeah, so I haven't seen the back half. But I've seen most of what we'll cover early on. And, God, this podcast is going to go for a long time. (laughs) We don't half-ass things We'll We'll be in wheelchairs. Exactly, and you know, I'm not sure exactly. The plan is to do two episodes per uh, podcast so far. We'll see how that goes and keeps on going. Uh, but you know, everything can change. Subject 
And depending on the arc, because some arcs have like four episodes yeah. or five. So we'll, we'll so see what happens, and then maybe we'll do specials when like a movie comes out. So maybe, you know, we'll watch it when it's new. Who knows? Things to tackle far down the line, but we're going to start with the first two episodes here. But before that, Justin, I need to know how you got introduced to Detective Conan. Oh, boy. Uh, kind of like, actually, I never even knew it was on the Tulsa <laughs> Um, I honestly, I forget how I noticed it. Like every once in a while, the manga covers are very noticeable. Like when you see them, you know, it's case closed slash detective Conan. So I was always wondering what that was. And then, um, I'm going through Funimation, like you said, was releasing the DVDs and I saw it. I'm like, Oh, so it's like a detective show. Kids solving mysteries. Uh, I like, I like Sherlock Holmes and stuff like that. I've read some of the books. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to give this a shot. Fell in love with the first, that first TV set of, I think like 20 some episodes or whatever. Picked up the rest of the sets from Funimation. Um, and then it was all downhill or uphill, depending on your point of view from there. Uh, reading the manga, watching not every anime episode. I, it was like a middle point in there where I kind of just stopped and picked up where Crunchyroll started. Um, now, right now, anyways, I'm trying to get all the vo- manga volumes that are coming out here. Um, I'm 135. Um, I'm halfway there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's not even all of them out in Japan. Japan has, I think, 92. So we're really behind. Um, but... I actually have those DVD sets still. Um, and I actually have them signed by uh, Colleen. I can never pronounce her last name. Clickenbeard. Um, Just say it confidently and the... people will buy into it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter anyways. Um, but she did the voice of Ran. So, I think you mean Rachel um, Moore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so yeah, let's let's think um, about the like the the westernized names. I think Jimmy Kudo was Shinichi, uh, Richard Moore was Kagoro, um, Rachel. Rachel Moore. I think Agasa um, was just the same. Yeah, Agasa and Meg. Uh, he was McGuire. Megary was the same. No, they were actually oh, the same. Was it Megar? Yeah, he showed up once very early on. And I think they didn't think he was going to be a reoccurring person. So they just gave him his regular name. And then, like, obviously he kept yeah, showing up. I think so. the detective boys well, all had different names, but I, I can't remember them offhand. Oh, God. Uh, Mitch for Mitsuhiko. Um, Amy for Ayumi. And... Was Genta. Oh, jeez. Hold on. You know what? I'm feeling very confident I know this answer by immediately going over to the manga and trying to this find it. This fucking nerd. Uh, uh, so the manga uses the uh, Americanized name. To the source. Yeah. And let me that tell you, reading these and saying the Japanese names while I'm reading the English ones is very annoying. <laughs> it's getting so bad. Um, shit. Uh... We're just gonna have to pass on him because so literally all Mitch, I know is know him as is Genta. What was uh Sherry's name? Shiho. Wait. 
Wait, are you talking about Sonico? No. Uh, how... <laughs> this is great how I can't remember <laughs> main characters. Um, uh, there's there's too many characters, though, to be I... honest. Oh, oh, Sherry. Um, yeah. Um, oh my god, what is her English name? Anyhow, clearly you can tell the westernized version was top-notch by how much it's stuck in our brains. Oh my god, it's bad, though. Let's let's be honest. Shout, I like Jimmy Kudo. I like Jimmy. Uh, yeah, that one was fine. Rachel made sense, but I can't get over. Uh, so we're just we're going to go take a blast from the past here. We're going to go way back to episode one of Detective Conan, which is the roller coaster murder case. And it kicks off. We hear the the bumpin' theme song by the High Lows. Uh, Japanese is not my first language. It's like uh, Munigad Doki Doki. <laughs> and Kyle, our Asian expert, was bragging about how he knows what Doki Doki means. And when I see Doki Doki, oh, I yeah. tend to just think my, about my Asian expertise. About uh, Doki Doki Panic, the uh, <laughs> Famicom classic <laughs> that Super Mario Brothers Two was based upon. But uh, Kyle, enlighten me with your Asian knowledge. Uh, I think it's like a heartbeat sound. Yeah, doki doki. I can kind of. I, I, I think I can so. hear that. Yeah, that's interesting. I can almost feel it. Doki doki. In There's a chest. similar thing in Korean, where it's like uh, pity pity or something like that. I don't feel like that's. I accurate. think that's what it is. I don't feel. I feel like doki doki is more you know, of a heartbeat right. than that pity patty or whatever. <laughs> it's like a pitter pat, you know. I don't feel like my heart pat. is pitter patting. I uh, feel I like it's a cultural doki dokiing. <laughs> I have a doki doki in my heart. I don't know about you. Maybe the Asian heart's different. <laughs> Maybe you're, you're more of a, a pitter pat. But who knows? Um, so what I really loved about this first episode is that instead of getting the typical opening, they were actually building up the first case. Which is that mansion murder mystery where the guy's jumping off the the roof to the balcony and he's shooting a dude, and like we get this really cool you know opening scene. And I think it's also brilliant because you know the series later on it turns into, oh uh, you know he's shrunk. That's the whole basis of the series, but we don't know that yet. So we don't actually see you know the shrunken form of Jimmy Kudo until the very end of the episode. So like by not using that opening here you know they keep that surprise for the the new viewers and i thought that was just brilliantly done mm-hmm. yeah i'm not gonna lie it was one of the most uh enticing things about it because i remember i tried watching this episode beforehand and it was very jarring with just the music starting and things are happening but it does a really nice job of just setting things up and yeah i highly enjoyed it yes yeah no it's usually they do that for like a big episode like in the middle of the series or something like that to be like, Hey, this is going to be a big thing. We can't waste any times on an opening. So here you go. And they do that for this because detective Conan has already pretty much taken off. Yeah. Very uh, smart, very smart scene there. And then we get to see the inspector for the first time. And then we see Shinichi make his cool appearance out of nowhere. This teenage detective, he just walks in the mansion like, Nobody escorts him in. He just walks in like he owns the place. And he immediately 
declares that the murderer is still there. Like, we have no clue how this guy, like, even has this information. He just... What an entrance for Shinichi. Yeah, and that's actually taken exactly out of the manga. Well, Shinichi just being there. Uh, like, the first page is talking about the case in a little bit, and then the second page is a full-page spread of just saying Shinichi pointing to the the person he thinks did it, and it's like, whoa, okay, <laughs> I guess we're right involved, let's go. Yeah, it's such a shot in shock. And then, like, the person who he accuses is this poor dude, all banged up, his legs poor in a cast. quotation marks. His legs <laughs> in a cast. I can relate to him, I've been, I've been having terrible back pain, I can barely walk, so I'm like, put me in the wheelchair lately. So I can really relate to the poor dude. His leg was all messed up. He's in this wheelchair. And Shinichi's like, hey, not only can you not walk, you're a murderer as well. And the dude's like, bro, really? Me? Look at me. I'm old. I can't walk. How are you going to say I murdered him? And he lays it out. And then to prove that he's actually mobile, Shinichi just tosses his damn globe at the guy. Could you, well, he kicks it. Could you he imagine if he was actually like if he, like Shinichi was off base <laughs> and this dude was a mobile? <laughs> you know, he has a broken leg and then this globe just smacks him right in the face and then he has a concussion to deal with. Like you have to be very confident that this guy's legs not messed up because, like, my God, the mistake. Think about the lawsuit oh that would happen afterwards. <laughs> Luckily, he does have a reasonable excuse to kick this thing at him i don't know if it's a reason yeah, this is like excuse. a stolen valor situation right like i'd be suing him you know like people are like spilling coffee on themselves and then like suing mcdonald's <laughs> for hundreds of thousands of dollars so i feel like this case even if he's a murderer he would have a case here that this guy just kicked <laughs> me with this globe well what if he 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 was not like hurt like he could get up but what if he just stood there and took it and be like what are you doing and then just kind of plays a full i feel like that uh, would be the move i feel like he was stupid by not considering oh somebody might make me move so he really had to commit would have been great what really would have been great is if, if the globe went towards his leg that was supposedly broken and then that actually breaks the leg yeah. So then he has like a built-in alibi. <laughs> like Shinichi could have really. You're smarter than Shinichi here. Yeah. But he he was correct though, um, and then it turns out you know he we saw what he did in the entrance video, but his leg had healed mm-hmm. three months earlier, and he killed his business partner due to some money laundering scheme. Uh, it's very quick because they're just introducing the tone of the show. Oh, there's mysteries. There's going to be grand twists, and then my favorite part. He's the home. He tries to escape. Like, he's going to get away. Yeah. And then Shinichi just kicks that globe right to the back of his head. Bloop. And then he goes out, and then Shinichi, like, screams goal. Like, he just scored a goal. It was great. Setting up that he very much likes soccer slash football. Yeah, so how great is that opening? Like, it just sets the tone immediately. I think it's just one of the, like... Five minutes into this anime, when I first saw it on um, Tanami back in the day, I was like, man, I heard he love it. Like, it, it had me hook, line, and sinker that quick. Yeah, I think it uses, like, clue tropes really well. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, in that big, rich estate, and people have to sit around and wait for them to finish the investigation. And it's, like, 
from the word go, like you sort of understand the premise and what's going on. So Justin, what did you think of the, uh, the great opening there? Uh, no, it's very great. Like you said, it sets the tone. Um, but it also doesn't because you're thinking, Oh, it's going to be about this Shinichi guy. Who's, uh, solving these mysteries, like nothing. Uh, where's this detective Conan thing coming? If you never read it or don't know anything, and you're just like, and then at the end, you're just like, wait, what? It, what? Huh? I'm confused. What What was all that set up for? Kind of so thing. then it jumps so. to the next morning, and we get introduced to my favorite character, Professor Agasa. And he's testing out his jetpack. And I, like, I love this aspect of him. Like, he's obviously a genius, but he's usually, like, one step. I can relate a lot because I'm a genius myself. But he's usually, like, one calculation <laughs> off from being a true success. And so, like, it just totally backfires. He takes out, like, a side of his house trying to use his jetpack. And totally wakes up Shinichi. And then Akasa's like... Oh, I was trying to wake you up. Isn't this better than an alarm clock? And I was like, dude, no. No, it's not. His inventions are always Mikasa's great. really giving off some uh, Emmett Brown vibes here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's just such a great opening. So then Shinichi's um, like trying to like heal the doctor up, or the professor up, and we see his huge library. Just so many books. It's like, dude, do you not have a Kindle? But, you know, when this was written, we have to consider this was like 20 years ago. So, like, no, he did not have a Kindle. And, <laughs> and I was going to say, we might notice in some of the episodes, too, I don't remember, but in the manga, for sure, like, in the very beginning, there wasn't even cell phones. So, like, the stuff is, like, classic mystery stuff, and then eventually they're like, oh, yeah, we have these cell phones. Let's call this person up and trying to get around that. So yeah, it'll be it's fun. It'll be interesting to see that, too. It'll be fun to oh, see Lord. that evolve because the characters don't really age, but the technology will drastically change along with the series. So that's another interesting aspect of the, you know, the living timeline that, like, comics always have for these long-running series. Um, mm-hmm. So we learn that Shinichi's father uh, is a is an author and... <laughs> I love, I love Agasa, man. <laughs> he's like talking about, he's talking up his his jetpack that just crashed into a wall. He's like, if it works, traffic problems will be solved and I'll be rich. And then he gets this like evil villainous <laughs> laugh. Like, <laughs> and then while he's like just so full of himself, it's very like Sanichi because we see like this braggadocious nature of him as well. And then he accidentally switches on the jetpack and then he just boom right into the library wall. So <laughs> great. Um, so then we get to see the, my, I think everybody's my favorite character. I was gonna, I was gonna say that again. Um, <laughs> we get to see Mori Kuguro himself, the homie. He's he's just pissed off reading the newspaper. That darn Sunichi has done it again, solved another case, and he hits his desk, and then he hurts his hand, which is like so relatable. Have you guys ever like hit something and just hurt yourself, and then you were just more pissed off? You know, as a gamer myself, you know, you have your heated gaming <laughs> moments and it just... Uh, have you ever hit yourself in the head with a controller? I don't know if I've done that in particular. So I was playing Mario Party 
um, seven oh, for the GameCube. And there's a single player mode. Just this is a good like setup because you can realize how much of a loser I am. Because who the hell plays <laughs> single player Mario Party? <laughs> Me. Um, I the very last level you're like going up. There's a super long, lengthy mini game where you're fighting Bowser. And I felt it like 500 times. And then I had that damn GameCube. The GameCube controllers pretty. They're pretty thick. They've got like a weight to them. And so I was so pissed off. I just started like hitting my head with the controller, and like it didn't make me like better at the game. Oh, voluntarily? Yeah, yeah. I thought like you threw it somewhere and it would have ricocheted no, or something. Just, I, I like smacking myself. I probably have CTE now, but that was like my go-to when I was like <laughs> yeah. super yeah, angry. Yeah. It was like ah ah ah. Um, so I just smacked <laughs> it. Never beat that mini boss. So. Um, yeah. Extra life goals. Man. Mario Party 7, better than me. Um, so, Justin, have you ever, like, assaulted yourself with a video game controller? <laughs> Not to that end. I did throw a controller here and there, but never, I don't think I ever hit something hard. And then it also reminds me of the only show that's probably on Detective Conan's level of greatness, which is Jersey Shore. And there's an episode <laughs> where Ronnie and Mike the situation get into an argument and it's going to escalate into physical fisticuffs and uh, the situation knows that he's outnumbered there um, so he headbutts the wall the concrete wall um, and ends up giving himself a concussion and then he has to wear a neck brace for the rest of the season and it's the funniest moment I've ever seen on television. Like the great thing about Jersey Shore is like most reality shows, you know, they script moments, but Jersey Shore is literally so dumb that nobody can script it. Um, <laughs> incredible <laughs> television. Uh, Truer words have never been spoken. So yeah, we meet uh, the whole Mori family, Kagaru and his daughter ran and uh, he's having tough times, man. Hard times, daddy. Uh, you know, he can't find work. I can relate to Kakar. You know, he's down on his luck. He's just eating because he has nothing other else to do. You know, like how, how do you like this introduction of the two characters? I think uh, what's his name, Kogoro? Yeah. Yes, he seems like the Mister Satan of the show. Oh my like, god! Very clearly, totally a foil. Uh, very funny character. Uh, I feel like Ran, even though she hasn't gotten much uh, screen time yet. She's turned into my favorite character just because she seems to be the most competent and oh, like, yeah. she's the adult in the room. She's also the only char- like main character with tits. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We get more later on, but I mean, I guess Agasa has some on him. <laughs> <laughs> Those lovely Agasa tits. Um, and then we get they have a they throw in a little Easter egg here, which I don't believe was in the manga. We get to see the. We're introduced to Shinichi. He's taken in all the attention. He's so happy because he saw that case the other day. He's he's strolling downtown, really feeling himself. And there's a, a television news program that's going over his stuff. And we see the detective boys actually watching it on screen. So that's a nice little you know teaser of what to come because they they become such uh, pivotal parts of the entire series, although we don't know them yet. And they throw them in a couple times during this episode, which I really mm-hmm. thought was a great addition to the anime because it wasn't in the original uh, manga. Yeah, I was going to bring up some of those things that were not in the manga uh, 
at the end of the when we talked okay, about this we'll, episode. We'll circle back um, on that, but like I just love that, like you know, because sometimes people get mad when the anime diverges from it, and mm-hmm. I think we'll get to some points, especially one in particular where the anime does really mess up by diverging from the anime. Um, but this is such a brilliant addition. This I think feel I feel like it adds to it rather than takes anything away. Um, so like yeah, it's it feels natural where when it was written they weren't really thought of yet or they were but they wanted to do more with it um and well there's been a bunch of chapters out now so they're important so we're gonna throw them in here to show that yeah it's really cool and so he's just enjoying the spotlight there's girls chatting about him like oh my god shinichi's so cute and it's much like me when i'm walking down a street (laughs) <laughs> women are just just flocking to me i'm like please women i have a great mind don't use me for my body oh um, tyler exactly oh. it's actually just justin following me around <laughs> and doing his secretly <laughs> he found out it's a we see ryan come up and she's like what are you doing you're looking like an idiot you're just laughing for no reason because he's, he's like ha 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 he's just so flattered by everything that's going on um, and then she reveals how bad things are and that her dad can't get any work and Shinichi just cannot pick up a clue. And I think this is more proof to my theory that, uh, Shinichi is actually autistic and he <laughs> just does not pick up the social cue at all. And he's like, it's not my fault that he doesn't have enough skill to pick up cases. And then Ran like does a fake laugh and she's like, ha ha. And then she just punches this pole, puts a big <laughs> so dent into it. And we <laughs> so see... Good. How badass she is immediately. Yeah. Not gonna lie, I feel like adult Shinichi is the worst character of the whole oh, show. I love him. I like Oh, he's <laughs> so great. He's basically me when I'm like full blown mania and I'm just like Maybe so that's why he's full the worst blown of myself. And I'm like, <laughs> God, I am so perfect. I am like a god among men. I am so man. I'm the best writer in the world. Um, and that's what makes him so great though. Like, not that for the most part but that he's one of the he's like one of those typical people that you know they're they're out there they're book smart they he figures out these cases very easy but when it comes to being social and like actually like talking to human beings oh no he got nothing he he is dumb as a doornail and like what i also love about it is he gets he gets brought down a peg quite literally in height and Mm -hmm. You know, we see him have to adapt, like, because, you know, he has it all. He has that physical prowess. He thinks he's smooth. People adore him. And then he's thrown into just being, you know, this small kid later on. And we see a development of the character. And, like, I know some people, like, he's not usually somebody's favorite character, Shinichi is. But, like, you know, we see that growth from him over time. And we see him having to cope with this issue of, like, seemingly have it all. And then. You know, like being powerless. We'll touch on this more later, but like, I really love just seeing him play it up here. And then he starts showing off his football skills. And Ron's like, <laughs> man, why didn't you just keep up with this? You could be on the national team by now. And he goes off on his Man Crush Monday, Sherlock Holmes. And he just goes on and on about how Holmes played rugby and he played the violin or some shit. And it's like, dude, he's not even real. Like, <laughs> I understand if you're like, want to like obsess over an anime waifu. That's a, what, you know, 
the cultured man does. But um, he's in books, dude. What are you? What is wrong with you? I can't believe of all the things that someone could be a fan of to be a Sherlock stan. It's just, you know, what how, what happens in your life to get you at okay, that point? Okay, I think I can answer. I'm a huge fan of mystery <laughs> novels. And uh, <laughs> so basically, your parents don't love you. And then you fill that void by reading about murder and creative murders. Um, so I, I have like all the Sherlock Holmes anthologies and stuff. So, uh, Do you know how Sherlock greeted Watson with the handshake? Do you know all that? It's Just in like there, but I don't have, I'm not like this far. Like I read it once and I don't commit it to memory. It kind of just goes in and out. That's what separates the masters from the amateurs, right? For real. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's at full blunt and like, you know, he's, he loves it though. And he's showing off his fan mail around and then she, she plays it up. She's like, your mind is probably full of girls. Why can't you be serious with one, just one? And this is where we find out. That, like, they both kind of have a thing for each other, but they won't admit it. And it's like, ah, oh, you, you kids just love each other. Fine, love. It only takes a thousand chapters, Tyler. Jeez. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. It's so frustrating to see these kids, like, obviously oh. into each other. And it's like, you kids. Damn. Um, and so big plot development they're going to tropical land she came first in the karate dojo and then there's this great scene where so he forgot about the promise so she tries to kick him and he ducks out of the way and then he lands up under her skirt and so he's just like taking a moment to enjoy the view <laughs> then she throws him <laughs> off calls him a pervert and uh you know that's a reoccurring thing shinichi is not a man above looking at some skirts as we'll find out throughout the series and who can blame him? Especially Ron. I'm just saying, if somebody's trying to kick you, and just by happenstance, you wind up underneath the skirt, I feel like you're owed a glance. You, you accept it. Because, Is that legal? I mean, it's not like, here's the thing. If he was like, I'm going to snoop down and then like try to sneak a peek, that's wrong. But when you're being <laughs> almost assaulted, basically... By this woman, and then you just happen to sneak a, gle- a, p- a peek. Like that's fine. That's where the line is. So um, <laughs> if anybody ever gets assaulted, and then they get charged for like, I don't know, being a peeping tom, you have my defense. Just use my defense. You'll get off one hundred percent of the time. Um, we then see this mysterious scene. This is some foreshadowing dun, where this dun, woman's dun. using some beads, and then we see a tear drop onto the bead, and we're like, what is this? Then we go, we get to see the detective boys again. They're sneaking into the mystery coaster ride. These kids are bad. Yeah, this kind of feel like they are (laughs) mischievous for sure. But usually they don't tread on like the illegal side. So it's interesting to see them do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Although for real, like on the like spectrum of being illegal, um, which is a spectrum, just like, (laughs) just like autism. (laughs) that's on the lower side of like a bad thing to do like almost everybody sneaks into a movie or something at some point um what were they even doing you know they're sneaking clearly looking for murders duh yeah they wanted to ride the mystery coaster have you uh kyle have you ever like snuck into anything i feel like at some point i must have but nothing's coming to mind my brother used to work for a movie theater so i remember i would get like free movie theater tickets and just stick around 
So I don't know if that counts, yeah. but you're a bad boy. Like, I think like <laughs> for Asian people, you're like so law abiding <laughs> that like even yeah. the like yeah, yeah, yeah. like slightest of like bi- uh, role bending counts as being a badass. <laughs> so like you're living yeah, you're pretty on right. the edge. <laughs> Justin, yourself? Jeez, uh, not that I can think of. So I was like so yeah. much of a loser that me and my friends we were all planned on sneaking in to see. Um, Zach and Mary make a porno, and then Oof, I, what a I film. ditched out at the very last second. I couldn't do it. I was Ooh. a bitch. <laughs> so much shame. Um, so and this guy's to... our host, everybody. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a terrible <laughs> I'm a bitch, but I've, I've blossomed into a, a beautiful individual over these 27 years. Um, so we get to see Shinichi once again showing off his Sherlock Holmes knowledge comes up to this girl and he's like he shakes her hand he's like you're a gymnast aren't you and she, her mind is just blown it's like this anecdote earlier where uh holmes knew like just from touching watson's hand that he was a, a surgeon or whatever and she's just blown away and then he's like oh it's because of the blisters on your hand and then but really he just saw the wind blow up her skirt and she had uh marks from the horizontal bars so it just goes right back to him being a pervert i love that reveal like he's like the magician that's so proud of the trick that he can't like wait to also tell you how it was done and of course he had to reveal that to ron yeah as well it's like why why would you so then a guy kashida kun he starts yelling at him for getting in front of their friends but He's too busy making out with his hot girlfriend to really care about it. So then they board the roller coaster. And we see these two mysterious men on black. Like, surely they're just random characters. They won't play a big part of the, the plot here. And so, Shinichi, man. He is so hard on for Holmes right now. He's still talking about it. <laughs> like, this entire date, he's just talking about Holmes. It's so bad. And, you know, Ran really plays it. Like, this is a great moment for her. She goes, I was hoping for a day out with Shinichi. Why don't you understand my feelings? And Shinichi's so, like, shocked by this. And he's about to admit his feelings. And then Ron's like, ha, ha, ha. You should know I'm pretending. How can you be a detective when you're getting fooled by me? And he's so red in the face there. So the ride, everything's going going well for the, the roller coaster. And then, uh... Just a dude's head pops off. <laughs> um, no, no, no head pops off. A stream of light comes out of his head, <laughs> like freaking Tron. <laughs> yeah, no blood, just light comes out of your head when you when you're decapitated. Um, and the te- detective boys here scream. They they're like, "Oh God, we got to get out of here." Um, they see, see the some, beads fly you know, from a necklace. Fly. And the kids are running out. Cuter then finds them and talks to them afterwards. And then the, the police get there. Um, the p- detective, he's like, so what's going on here? And the men in black are trying to leave because they don't want to be there. Um, they have shit to do. But then Cuter's like, it's a murder. He just always has to do these dramatic things. Like He just has a flair for the dramatic, and I love him for it. Um... And so, McGarry's like, well, it has to be his girlfriend. 
She's the only one, you know, sitting next to him. And they find a knife in her handbag. And things are not looking <gasps> good for her. Then he... Fucking Shinichi. Like, his flair for the dramatic just shining through again. And he's like, <laughs> there's always only one truth. And then he reveals that, um... Who actually killed him was the gymnast from before. The one with nice legs that were sadly bruised. You know? <laughs> like, you don't think... You know, you just look up one chick's panties and then she's a murderer the next moment. Like, uh, life just goes by so quickly. How jarring would that be if you just meet somebody in line and then, oh yeah, they're going to murder somebody in the next five minutes? Well, Kyle, like have you ever shocked. looked at anybody's panties while in line? You know what? I can't say I have. Maybe that's, that's the, the thing. Yeah, see, once you notice, you'll know. Yeah. You'll be like, she's going to murder somebody. Yeah, I, all women have that in them. So don't yep. forget, that's our... So what you're saying is people should be on the this lookout. This is our Men's Right Detective Cannon podcast. <laughs> um, See, we're not trying to be perverse when we look at your panties now. We're just trying to make sure you're not going to murder We're protecting We're investigating. Bros. Detecting. Thank you. And then we attack. So we find out the way she did this was such a, a brilliant way. Like, you don't think a woman could come up with such a complicated method. Um... She uses her handbag so she can slip under the safety rail. Then she has this hook. Uh, she has a um, her necklace. She takes that apart to reveal wire. She puts that around the guy's head. And then she has to, like, throw this hook on a... Like, the, the yeah. amount of hand-eye coordination <laughs> while this roller coaster is going pretty fast is just incredible. But she pulls it off easy. The head pops off. And then she's like, well, do you have any proof? And she's like, well, the pearl necklace is gone. And you cried in my face. And you can see the tears streaked. It went horizontal because she was, you know, crying while she was, like, upside down and shit. So it's like, boom, fantastic reveal. Like, what was your initial thought seeing uh, that the, the nice gymnast girl was the killer? It was weird knowing that, like, because the first case uh, in the intro... It seemed like, oh man, it's the person you wouldn't expect, right? And it felt like this was more of the same thing. So I was a little bit let down, especially with how like complicated it was to get to the the actual murder. Mm-hmm. But like the whole thing was played very tongue in cheek too, which is also weird since the guy's head came off. <laughs> so it was it was all funny and very charming, but also strange. To be fair, I feel when like his head is decapitated, his tongue's not going to be anywhere else but his cheek. <laughs> <laughs> it's even grosser. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, like it's such a like. And I guess that's like a theme we'll notice in all these episodes. No murder in this freaking show is like, oh, yep, it's this person. They easily did it this way. It's always something crazy complicated that's like, you might get a little bit of it, but there's just like that one little step that you're like, how, why, what? How, I, I how really hope think of that? that the final case of the entire show is just something super simple. Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> no, but, oh, like, yeah. None of the fans, while it's, like, currently coming out in chapters, it can figure it out because they're all, like, trying to think of this, like, five-step solution and it's, like, just the easiest thing. Like, that'd be it's just going to be a... It's just going to... The last case is just going to be gin and vodka there the whole time and them just being like, no, we didn't do it. And everybody's like, 
nah, it's not ending. They're not going to show these guys. It's not going to be them. And then it was totally them, and that's it. Done. So, yeah. Um, and so the motive is very generic. She's just like, oh, we were a couple, and then he dumped me for this hotter girl. And it's like, who can blame him? She's just trading in the new model. <laughs> um, so then Extreme she, measures. She wanted to kill him with the pearl necklace he had given her as a gift, which I think is like not good gift etiquette. Nope. Although it is, I that's what I would do. Damn! Don't, don't cross Kyle. <laughs> this is what we're. Doing. <laughs> well, remember, Kyle is Asian. He's he's our Asian connection. It's true. So it's maybe true. this is an actual thing that's done in Japan. That's maybe it. Yeah, actually, this is a uh, this is culturally relevant. Hmm. Yeah. So Ran is all upset over this because she just saw a dude get decapitated and all this light come out of his head. And she's bawling, and then Shinichi's just like, uh, I'm going to leave and chase after this man in black. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't catch up. Don't wait for me. Um, and then Ran has this dark premonition. She goes, I don't know why, but I'm getting a strange premonition that I will never see Shinichi again. Which uh, turns out to be false, but uh, pretty on the money, though, to an extent. Um, so he follows the man in black. He's meeting up with this, this business owner. He has a whole briefcase full of money. He's got like a couple million yen in there. And they, you know, he gives him the briefcase. He gives him a film. He was smuggling weapons. And then Shinichi's just, you know, taking all this information in. When the other man in back, you gotta watch your six, Shinichi, like so careless, hits him with this metal rod. <laughs> And then they pop in this drug, APCX forty eight sixty nine, and I love that it's sixty nine. Nice, um, <laughs> and like just so there's not a bullet, but it's experimental drug. They don't know all the side effects, and that's the big key. Here. Seems careless, you know. So Justin, what happens after he takes the drug? Well, weird thing. He got really tall. People were like, "What the fuck?" Um. No, he uh, he shrunk. He, he became a kid, and he's like, "What?" and looks at the camera as these cops are looking at him. Yeah, he gets real hot, and he says, "Oh, oh yeah, he gets real hot." I mean, feel like they're Shinichi going is pretty hot. So. It reminded me there was a UFC fighter, Derek Lewis, and um, right after his fight ended, he took his pants off, so he's in his underwear. And um, Joe Rogan was like, why'd you take your pants off? And he's like, my balls was hot. And um, I thought maybe he was going to shrink like Shinichi there. But it didn't happen. So then we get the, the ending song here, Step by Step by Ziggy. Um, it's a good tune, but like they actually show this before we see um, him shrink. So we get to see all this footage of like Conan as a kid before we actually see yeah. it. And the, I was like, oh, the opening was so brilliant because they didn't, like, ruin the twist. But then they do that. And then after the song, there's a little short stinger where the police discover his body, but he's still alive. And they're like, oh, like, little kid, are you okay? And so then we figure out that he's shrunk. Um, so, like, I think that's an excellent first episode. I thought, like, they established, we had a whole lot of plot development, which is quite rare for uh, Detective Conan. <laughs> And, um, you know, we we got to see two good mysteries in the episode. Like, I thought it was, like, a, a big success all around. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, 
the tone of the show i think is really well captured in just this first episode even though like um like you're saying it, it presents a lot of uh plot elements into it it's all like rapid fire it's all really quick and uh it's all done in this really charming very fun light-hearted tone even though everything that's happening is, is pretty sort of dark right like it's like two people get killed in this show right off the bat <laughs> and then like we're worried about the main character maybe he's gonna die at the end of this so like the whole thing, I think, does a really good job of setting up what the show's going to not just, like, be plot-wise, but how it feels. Yeah, like, really that's like. a really mm-hmm. good point, because there is, like, a lightheartedness to the show, despite there constantly being murders and decapitations. And, like, you'd think it'd be darker than it is, but they do, like, keep a nice sense of humor to it. And, like, it's a kid's show in Japan. But, you know, it's kind of wild, because you see all these grisly murders, and then, like, kids are buying your <laughs> merchandise. And it's like, hmm... But, uh, you know, it works. And, um, Justin, how do you think of that first, you know, the pilot? Like, what a show. Yeah, no, it, it perfectly captured what exactly what we're getting into with the coming episodes. Um, with showing off Kogoro and all that stuff. Um, except for, obviously, Shinichi being a kid and that aspect of it. But, no, um, how the cases kind of play out. Um, how everybody acts pretty much is captured exactly yeah and then we get the next cone in hand it's skyscraper so let's let's keep that in our mind of what the skyscraper is going to be um for this Um, next episode as you wanted to go over some differences from the the manga and the anime episode yeah um nothing crazy i'm not gonna do this every time um but um because it's the first episode um especially reading it really really recently Man, so much stuff sticks out. So, um, first off, the case, the very first case, it's the same guy that kills the person, but he doesn't kill his business partner in the manga. He kills his wife. Oh, and that's even better. Yeah, and he kills her the same way, going over the railing and stuff. They don't show that in the manga, but because um, they... I will say, really if anything, the Case Reopen podcast is absolutely for it's violence against women. <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> a lot of that. Um, but that was one of the big differences. Um, they didn't show Kogoro in the first chapter, um, so that scene with him and Ron is not in there at all. Um, but again, because he's a big part of the whole manga they showed him in there because they were trying to cram one chapter into one episode so they had to pack in some filler um like we were saying the kids they weren't in there at all obviously because they didn't show up till so way this later. whole thing's covered in a single chapter yes that's um, all amazing yep the the chapter covers that case the first case um that's only a couple pages um shinichi and ron uh walking and talking about stuff um and then them going to the park and that murder Um, yeah it's just impressive because like you know most cases are you know four or five chapters long but they got a whole episode there that's that's impressive really yeah they have to kind of get everything in yeah uh, not not that these are like the most complicated cases but you know i think it's a real quick uh, i like that i like the snappy pace to it yeah, it was, it's very quick, even in the manga. Like I said, the, those parts are very short. 
Yeah, um, so obviously the Detective Boys stuff is added to the anime. Anything else yep. uh, stick out? Um, the part where they <laughs> this actually bothers me when rewatching it. Actually, um, with um the chick who murders the guy on the roller coaster. That scene where she's doing the thing with the and her teardrop goes onto the necklace pearl. That's not in the manga, and I'm like, oh my god, they just freaking spoiled the whole thing. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> and it really, that actually really bothered me. See, I most. feel like when you're watching, you wouldn't pick that up because I didn't even notice her necklace. Um, even like knowing how this case ends, I didn't mm-hmm. like clue in on her necklace or anything. Like when she was first shown, it's just a, it's such a small detail. You don't usually look at somebody's. Yep. And that's uh, probably what hurt, again, hurt me with it. Reading it recently, knowing the case, then watching it, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's her. Yeah, that is so interesting. Why are you like, even showing this I like obvious it. scene? I like it because you see that scene and you're like, what the hell is that? But then like you see the twist at the end and then you're like, oh, so that's what that scene meant. So like I like it from that perspective. But you know, that's a good right. point too, where you know that is a big hint and like, you know, can ruin that twist if you're very observant. Yeah. And even in the manga too, obviously, because whole thing's about mysteries so if there is a detail off it's gonna mess with everything but the pearl necklace is gone as well like afterwards like she is not wearing it in the anime she's not wearing it in the manga so if you do pick up on that you do notice um in the manga they don't obviously the detective boy stuff is not there but you don't see like the pearl necklace flying everywhere um at that point um in the manga and it's stuff like that that's really nice, again, because they're trying to make it bigger and fill in some stuff for the people who haven't read it. Um, but yeah, that one that one thing with her building the necklace was like, why are you showing this? This is not needed for the one second that it was there, but... Um, So, like, what's so nice about Detective Conan is each case is kind of its own mystery, and while there are plot advances, they don't usually connect, but for the very first two episodes here, we do get to see uh, very... The next episode starts right off from where the first one left off. That is episode two, Company President's Daughter Kidnapping Case. Uh, we once again get that Doki Doki theme song from the High Lows. <laughs> Um, All right, Kyle, sing it. Go. Yeah, Kyle, sing it. Uh, Doki, doki. All right. Just like that. Perfect. So we do get to see the opening for the very first time. Um, And we see Shinichi. He's he's a small boy now. He used to be such a tall, um, charming individual. Now he's this, like, punk little kid. Um, (laughs) And the cops are just, like, got no chill. They're like, kid, what are you doing? Hey kid, we're gonna we're gonna take you in. So he he darts, he runs right away. Um, Smart, yeah. Never trust the police. <laughs> uh, we get another scene with Kagero. Um, Ran comes home and he's just a total mess. He's got food everywhere. Like the great thing about being broke, you still just find enough money to like pig out, which is fantastic. He's, he's doing it. <laughs> He has a great excuse for like why he's not working. He's like, I only select jobs that are worth doing. So like, it's it's like the people that are like always complain about like not having a job and then they won't like work at McDonald's or do anything like that. Like they're totally <laughs> yeah. unemployed due to their choosing, even even if they don't want to like admit it. 
Uh, but like Rand's all worried about Shinichi, so she calls him, and nobody's answering. So she decides to go to Shinichi's house and check up on him. And then meanwhile, Shinichi's trying to get in his house, but he can't open the gate. <laughs> <laughs> this poor kid. He's hanging on to it. He's trying to unlock it. <laughs> and then Agasa, <laughs> he once again just blows shit up. And then he's like, what is this kid doing? Trying to, you know, break into Shinichi's house. So he's like, what's up? And Shinichi, it's so hilarious. He starts listing off, like, all these facts, trying to convince him that he's actually Shinichi. And then he's like, the mole in your butt has a long hair growing out of it. And then even that detail. Well, first off, why does he know that? Why is Shinichi looking at Agasa's butt? Kyle, your theory. I think, much like Emmett Brown, you know, his relationship with Marty McFly, you know, they've got a built-up relationship. They have a history that we don't really know everything about. I think it's it's very likely to assume that they've had some moments together. I'm not saying intimate. Don't be okay. crazy. But, you know, no, no, they totally had a shower. Because maybe like, they're having if I know anything overnight about, stay. Um, just from my lord and savior, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, he always said that <laughs> young Christ. gay men, they would um, find themselves with an older individual. And that's why the like ephebophiles are actually good. Um, but like maybe that they had that kind of relationship, Kyle? I don't like any of the words coming out of your mouth. So. <laughs> uh, Justin, what's your theory on uh, why he knows Agasa has that hairy mole on his butt? Oh, no. Totally intimate. Oh, okay, yeah. So totally, totally down for they each got other. Down. I'm sure you can find that kind of artwork if you look for it online. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you probably could find that more than you could find uh, Shinichi and Ran. So then uh, he has like this Holmes-esque um theory where he's like oh you just came back from colombo there's all this you know i can there's water splashed on you because you're running home there's a sauce on your mustache and then he's like oh okay this is shinichi this little brat um so he explains everything to him he talks about it he gets into his cute little primary school uniform and then they decide right then and there they have to keep this a secret from everybody because if the men in black knew that he was still alive. They'd try to not only kill him, but, you know, everybody that interacts with him. So they have to keep that secret highly guarded so their loved ones don't get impacted by this. Um, and then Ron just lets herself into the house. No manners, Kyle. You're right. It's a uh, it's depressing to see the state of things in this show. But uh, you know what? They are what they are. And I don't understand. Does, does Ron know... Agasa real well or are they in I think because I think they, they know her just from hanging out with Shinichi because they're close and they you know she'd probably come to their house as kids and hang out and stuff like that I wouldn't do that I wouldn't do that with someone I know through someone else you know especially someone like if their relationship is so weird that like one of them has seen their mole on their butt you know that's, like anything could be that's happening. a good point um <laughs> so Shinichi hides this is like one of my I just love like very physical humor, clearly. But Shinichi puts on the glasses, and it's his dad's glasses, and his dad's eyesight is so bad that he gets like dizzy from just looking through him for a second, and then he bumps his head right off the desk and makes such a loud noise while he's trying to hide that Ryan like comes over and finds him. And then she's like, "What? Hey, you're so cute. What's your name?" 
He's like, shit. Uh, uh, he looks around through his library. And this fucking <laughs> detective geek, he goes Conan after Arthur Conan Doyle, and then Edogawa. And so he's Conan Edogawa now. And he immediately, like, he, she doesn't even ask him about his name. And he's like, oh, see, uh, my parents were real Holmes freaks. And it's like, kid, even when you're a kid, you can't stop talking about Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Did you guys like uh, this whole sequence of Rand finding him? It's very name? cute. Yeah, I I liked the small touch where like he couldn't see through the glasses, so he had to punch out the glasses <laughs> yeah. to the frames. And I like how nobody ever notices it. Like, does he? Yeah, yeah. I guess like um, later on in the series, he gets them replaced with clear lenses, and he has that like special like visor, like radar thing that yeah. Gossa designs for him. But, like, it is funny because, like, that's so noticeable. <laughs> um, like, are we honestly surprised he got the names from Conan and Edogawa? It reminds like, there's, like, this family guy scene where Peter's trying to, like, come up with a fake name. And then he just sees a bunch of stuff that, like, he sees, like, a P, <laughs> like, a can of peas. So he's, like, P. And then he's, like, Tur. Then he sees like a fucking Griffin come in, and he's like, "Peter Griffin, that's my name." And he's like, "Ah!" But, uh, <laughs> classic Family Guy. That, that's why you tune in here for our great Family Guy riffs. Uh, yeah, I, definitely not the. I will say stuff. the first two, well, the first three seasons of Family Guy, top notch entertainment. Season two and three, very good. Um, so Agasa just totally unloads this kid ran hasn't seen him for like two seconds and he's like uh hey can you take care of this kid for me uh his parents are in the hospital sure and she's just like sure <laughs> like no no objections like this isn't totally weird i won't yeah. ask my dad or anything it's okay yeah like the total the whole reasoning because shinichi's like no way she'll find out who i am but he's like yo her dad's a detective even if he can't find work and you can use him to find the men in black so like we're setting up you know, the core staples of the series here. Uh, they're walking back, and we, we get more of this crush stuff, which, oh, it's like, my God, just tell each other how you feel, kids. Brandon <laughs> um, says she has a crush. She says, oh, I like Shinichi very much. And then she, uh, this part kills me, because, like, Conan's kind of feeling, like, he's, like, enjoying it, like, him, like, learning these secrets. But then she's like, I feel like I have a cute little brother. I can tell Conan anything. And, like, at that moment, he's like, Oh, I'm actually abusing her trust here a bit. And he feels really <laughs> awful about it. And you just yep. see the shift because he's like, he's all red in the face at first when, you know, he finds out that she likes him. But then he, he like totally changes demeanor. And this little brat, he, he's, he's like two minutes away, like from saying, oh, I won't tell anybody about this. You know, it'll put their life in danger. And he's like, Ron, you won't believe this. But I'm actually, and he's about to spill the beans, this, this dork. But thankfully, Kagero has worked for the first time in like five months. He's screaming out the office, I, I forgot a job, it's a man in black kidnapping case. So he jumps in this taxi, and then Conan just jumps in there, so then Ron follows them. So now they're all on this case, onto a case. So like... I want to ask you guys, you know, we see Conan's reaction there and we see him totally change. And, and this is something he deals with a lot in the series, just feeling guilty about, mm -hmm. you know, leading this double life and like potentially um, abusing Ron's trust. And I, I know there was an article 
on a website. I can't remember the website's name, so I apologize. But it was like, uh, it was like, case closed. It's about Stockholm syndrome or something. It was something gaslighting. They said it was gaslighting, and I, I think that's a bit ridiculous. And they're taking it too far. But there are elements of this like dishonesty, and um, I don't really fault him for it because you know their lives would be in danger. So he's kind of forced into it. But there, I feel like there is a discussion to be had, even if I think like trying to go super deep into this show's themes is a bit um like a wasted mental energy but like i'm up for the talk kyle how do you feel about this like situation that's a big topic uh i feel like uh i mean you're definitely right it seems as though it's like a spider-man situation where like you know you can't really help it and uh i mean he's obviously like a pervy high school teenage boy so like he yeah he would take advantage of the situation to a bit uh so if you're going to fault him for that, I guess, you know, I don't know. I don't think uh, he ever goes too I, far. Like, there are parts where, like, 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 like they take a bath together. Yeah. But it's not like he's suggesting it. It's <laughs> yes. not like he's Christ. like, let me in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, like, a, a YouTube video of, like, from the English dub of whenever Ryan figures it out, uh, his big secret or whatever. And the only thing that she thinks about is how she's told him all of this stuff. And I find it pretty interesting that she doesn't think about apparently the scene where they shower together. <laughs> I feel like that would have been the first thing that would have popped up into my mind. Yeah. Hey, man, like that's a bigger deal. Like, if somebody sees my dick, so be it. But if they know how I truly feel, that's a bigger deal. Um, Justin, what's your thoughts on this whole Deep. scenario? Um, yeah, no, pretty much the same thing. It's, it's the superhero syndrome, pretty much. Like, does the superhero tell the secret identity? Yes or no? Well, no, because everybody would be in danger because all this crazy supervillains would know and go after them. And I wouldn't be able to do anything. You know, very Um, similar to the superhero syndrome is the shit poster syndrome. And (laughs) that's something I have to suffer with. I, I do all my Twitter shit posting and... My whole family, they don't know this side of me. I like the trolling and the memes, and I have to keep it a secret um, from them. So I'm basically living a double life. So I'm very sympathetic towards uh, Shinichi here. It's hard. <laughs> Shit posting syndrome is real funny. I'm good. Um, so where we arrive at the place, and this child, uh, Tani Akiko, she's kidnapped. She's only 10 years old. And Conan is so bad at like acting like a kid because he immediately starts asking all these like detective questions and it's just like it's like kid you're like seven or some shit why are you asking all this stuff and he's like what did the kidnapper look like it's like dude like you're so bad at playing a kid right now so I like really I mean, enjoyed to give this him moment. some credit he's probably been a kid for maybe an hour yeah and he's like still trying to comprehend all yeah, this I love stuff. how you like. There's just this evolution of him, like, learning to act like a kid again. I just love how, like, bad at it, at it oh, like, he currently for sure. is. Um, and then we get the first time when Kagura just pops him on the head for interrupting, oh, and we'll see that hundreds of times. Classic. Just classic. Nothing like a, some child abuse to get the laughs, Kyle. <laughs> um, and then, like, this is the part where, like, you kind of, like, put, start putting things together. The kidnapper calls, and he's like, oh, the guy wants 300 million in old notes. And the butler is like, wait, that can't be right. And it's like, why are you doubting this? And then 
Conan starts to put this together. He's like, okay, so something happened here. And then they realize that, like, while there was an original kidnapping, a second one took place. Like, that was, like, staged. And then a legitimate one happened. And so Conan's like, holy shit. And then there's a phone call. And first of all, sorry, I got ahead of myself. We got to talk about Jumbo, the dog here. <laughs> uh, what what kind of breed is this? Was it like a shepherd oh, or something? He looks like it. Yeah, I couldn't feel. tell. Like it, it seemed like his own beautiful, kind of beautiful big dog. dog. And he's a guard dog. And this like tips Cannon off because when she was kidnapped, the butler witnessed it, and it, nobody heard any noise except for the the, the kidnapper like saying, you know saying something to the butler but the dog didn't bark but the dog's only friendly with people you know on the ground so that's how like conan kind of figures out actually kagoro like even his dense self like realizes the butler's kind of doing stuff dirty so he admits mm-hmm. like hey something did stage but like clearly something wrong the kidnapper calls and the guy's like hey where's my 300 million and the dad's like what do you mean? We we already figured this out. <laughs> Good joke. And then, um, but he's like, "I'm gonna kill your daughter." And then the, the daughter screams, oh, "I'm in a school, and there's a chimney outside." And remember, the hint is skyscraper. So then, if you're really observant, you're like a chimney. What if it's a skyscraper? And you put it together before Conan does. And so, Conan, has, which is almost impossible, Conan like, just pulls oh out God. this giant map <laughs> out of his ass out of nowhere. He's looking at these places. He just has the whole place memorized somehow. Um, and then he grabs the dog. He gets on Jumbo. He just rides him like a horse. And he's he's riding around to all these schools, but he can't find them. And then they figure out. They finally figure out. Oh, she met a skyscraper, not a, a chimney. So they get to the house. They finally get to the place. And then this is the scene here where. Conan's situation finally like hits in on him because the dog attacks the burglar or the kidnapper and like he thinks it's taken care of but he eventually fends off and kicks the poor dog um poor, poor a dog. true villain leave Jumbo alone um and then Conan's like oh shit I'm a little kid I can't physically do anything to this guy I kicked a ball at him and he just laughed like what can I do to this guy and things are looking really bad, but like, there's just this moment where he's like, "Oh shit, I I am not equipped to do this. I rushed in here without a plan." And it's very unlike Conan, like from what you see before Ashinichi and what you see in the future. There's this vulnerability you don't really see that I thought was like really interesting because he's still coming to grips with everything. He's not fully prepared. He doesn't have all the gadgets, and we just see this. Get, kid and he's like oh god i'm gonna die from this like two-bit kidnapper and i thought that was such an interesting scene yeah i i totally loved that aspect of it i wasn't expecting it either because i think most anime most shonen anime it's like they're so action heavy that like you know it's not unexpected to see a little boy able to take on a grown adult man so like whenever uh he kicked that soccer ball and the dude just caught it i was like oh okay so like Conan can't do everything on his own. Like he needs other people to come in and help him. And I thought that was, it's something really nice. I don't know if that's going to be a thing throughout the whole show, but I hope it is. And what I loved here is 
Who makes the save? Ron, man. She uses her martial arts skills. She kicks this dude's ass in five seconds. (laughs) Um, Just quickly takes him down. And, like, that's the cool thing about this show. Like, I don't want to, like, sound too woke or anything, but, like, the women aren't, like, damsels in distress constantly, you know? No. Like, Ron's holding her own. She's, she's, like, more dominant physically than Conan ever is, than Shinichi ever is. So, like, that's a really cool aspect there, just, like, a seeing her kick some ass um and then you know she saves the day and then hilariously (laughs) conan figures out she actually physically stops the kidnapper and then kagoro comes in last and he just immediately starts taking credit for it and he's like i did it i solved the case (laughs) (laughs) he's so great and then we get a little heartwarming moment here the daughter's like so the reason why I set this up is because my dad's so busy with his business that we don't spend any time together. Like it tears on your heart. Um, and then the d- dad's like, I'm taking a vacation and we're going to Australia for a week. And then it's like, you can't think of an actual nice location to go on vacation. Like what a <laughs> terrible father. Jesus. Australia God. is a continent just full of prisoners. Like what is going on, dad? Um, but like that is a little sweet thing where he's like he's touched by his daughter's attempt to just be in his life and like that got me a bit and then um kagaru he's he's loving this moment he finally got a case he's getting paid and ron's asked if conan can live with him he's all about it he's like yes sir we got this so conan has a new house there so what do you guys think about that the resolution there and the the daughter setting it up like that they they touched upon that earlier and teased it quite a bit so it wasn't like a shocking thing oh my god the daughter did it but i thought like um the reasoning behind it was strong and i thought it like they really delivered a good thing because on the first episode you know they're like oh, i just killed my boyfriend because he left me like that's kind of like a, a lame reason to kill somebody but i thought like the daughter actually setting up this kidnapping plan even as ill-minded it was she's a small girl she's not really thinking this stuff through um, but like the reasoning was sweet, and I thought it was it was smarter than the, the last case. Yeah, I, I feel like this is uh, this is what you hopefully get from shows like this that are more monster of the week type, right? Where you have like mini stories that that are more than just you know like um, that first character who didn't have much of a motivation for anything, but like instead you get this more fleshed out thing where you can feel something at the end of it, and and hopefully ties in back to the characters too, which. Like, it feels like, um, I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels like Detective Conan, for the most part, does this on a large scale. Is that fair? Yeah, I think usually it's kind of hit or miss at some points, but I think the best cases definitely have a good reasoning, and uh, they make it less than, like, oh, the evil villain. Like, usually there is, like, a twist where the tearjerker, I think the very best episodes, like uh, Moonlight Sonata and other stuff we're going to get to, really have a solid reasoning that, like, really hits home with you. Sweet Justin, your yeah. thoughts? Um, yeah, no, this is like the probably the perfect second case, um, followed up by the literally the next episode, uh, which is going to be pretty much a bigger setup. But um, yeah, no, like um, first being like it is like just a child case, almost like a kid could solve it. The kid is running away because she wants to help her dog, her dad. Um, but then you find out that it's bigger than that because some other guy is trying to cash in on that to try and make some money. Um, and it becomes bigger because he's actually trying to threaten her. Um, 
and it kind of sets up like, oh, Conan trying to doing as much as he can, but then getting in over his head. Um, yeah, no, it's probably one of the most perfect cases. Yeah, I thought it was great. Perfect plot development. Now we, we're definitely setting up to get to that case by case thing. So we got like all the backstory out of the way. We'll keep going next week. And then, uh, step by step by Ziggy plays and (laughs) we get the, the post, uh, stinger where Conan is attending primary school guys. What? I wonder if he's going to meet some boys that, uh, happen to be detectives. Nah, that's silly. We get the next Conan hint, which is ice. So we will we will figure out how ice comes into play. I think I remember the case. So I won't theorize and spoil because I'm pretty. Yeah, sure I won't theorize either. But what do you think, Kyle? I feel with how this episode turned out, I'm never going to be able to figure it out. <laughs> I, the the Conan hints. Can we just talk about them for a second? Like, yeah, go for it. It's it's they are insane. Like, even if you read the manga, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, the ice. Oh, yeah, it's this. And then I'm like, wait, uh, what? What? <laughs> okay, sure. I guess that's a vague, ginormous hint. We'll remember the this skyscraper. for next week. We'll see where the ice, <laughs> yeah. ice plays in. But, um, but even with the skyscraper, I'm like, skyscraper. Oh, right. It was... They turned and it looked like a smokestack. And I'm like, nobody's going to figure that out. Yeah, like I even was thinking about it when I was watching this episode. And I didn't like connect the dots until Conan actually brought it up. So Yeah, because it's something so out there. They don't show the skyscraper until he says, oh, yeah, skyscraper. And he goes, starts doing the (laughs) panning view of it. And it's like, oh, now I get it. You're not going to think of the skyscraper at all. So yeah, like maybe two... think oh maybe she's in the skyscraper somewhere or something like that in a way but like not that oh turn the skyscraper on the side that's what it looks like it's like okay sure so yeah a very strong start the case uh to detective canon and i think a very strong start the case reopened as uh we wrapped up the first two episodes so before we get out of here we're on twitter everybody's favorite nazi platform uh, you can follow me on uh, at Tyler Kyle, where can people find you at? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Spirit and Soul, like the city. The Korean city. So that's S E O U L. Yes. Believe. There you go. And then Justin, you have a ridiculous Twitter name that even I can't remember. What is it? Yeah, nobody can remember it. It's uh, at the Sigma Omega. At the Sigma Omega. There you go. Follow us on Twitter. And we're on Twitter, the podcast. We're at twitter.com slash case we open the We might is there an underscore? We will find out here. Um, yes, there is an underscore because if you get a case reopen, you see somebody that has a dog as their Twitter avatar called the Messiah. So case underscore reopen. Uh, we'll be back each week. We'll be rehabbing two episodes. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.